Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. 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 I've begun using a really cool service from Aviva IQ, and it's made my life so much easier. My guests love receiving all the important details about their stay exactly when they need it. And I love all the five-star reviews I'm getting on communication. Check them out at www.avivaiq.com. Welcome everybody another episode of Get Paid for Your Pet. Today with my co-host, Marco. Marco, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm a little, I'm a little shaky if I'm honest. <laughs> had a big weekend well it's this weekend is uh, carnival mm-hmm. and in holland people celebrate carnival in the south of the country and i've never actually celebrated carnival before because it's always the, the week that i used to go skiing with my family because it's the it's a week where the children they don't have to go to school and, and my brother has two children so you know, we'd always go skiing, but I always wanted to celebrate Carnival because the idea of putting on a crazy suit and and just acting like a like a fool and like you know drinking a lot during the day sounds kind of appealing to me for some reason. And so this weekend was the first time I kind of had that opportunity. So I took the opportunity. I jumped on the plane and went to to Eindhoven, a city in uh, in Holland. And uh, I basically celebrated till like eight in the morning. The next day I was supposed to take a bus to Antwerp and get on a train to London. But uh, I got on the bus, I managed to get on the bus, but uh, half an hour into the bus ride, I suddenly saw a sign alongside the road that said German border in one kilometer, <laughs> uh, which basically made me realize that I was on the wrong bus. <laughs> Um, which is uh, which is funny because I uh, there was a guy sitting behind me from Japan who was also on the wrong bus. But mm-hmm. at the time, I was kind of laughing about it when I found out that he was on the wrong bus because I didn't realize I was on the wrong bus too. Um, but so that's how karma, how quickly karma works these days. That's right. <laughs> so you have to be careful about who you who you're laughing at. But yeah, I spent two hours in Dusseldorf, a city in Germany. Uh, the Japanese guy uh, had to wait there as well for two hours to take the bus back. So we had some beers together and and uh, just chatted. And then we took the bus back and the whole or- ordeal was about seven hours. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was my Sunday. <laughs> so that was Sunday from uh, 8 a.m. until whenever. <laughs> yeah, I managed to get a few hours of sleep in after I got home and I got to the hotel at 8 a.m. But uh yeah, basically, I decided not to go to uh, London anymore and just go home to Amsterdam and just go to sleep. <laughs> well, sorry you missed the party, but it sounds like a lot of fun. For those of us that have uh, little kids, we don't get to do those crazy experiences as much anymore. So it's always much more appealing from the other side. <laughs> right. You you probably wake up bef- before you woke up before I got back home, I think. 
Probably uh, <laughs> six six thirty. That's that's what happens when you got little ones. Awesome. No, it, it's great. I'm in San Francisco, and you're in Holland now, right? Yeah. So I went back to Amsterdam, and I have Airbnb guests, which means that I'm staying in a hotel now. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> you rent out your whole place? Yeah, I, I it's rented out for a few days. I was supposed to go to London, so that's why. Oh, got it. Yep. But uh, you know, I'm slowly recovering. Um, hopefully you can do most of the talking. <laughs> well, aren't you the main host of this show? No, I'm happy to do a little talking. Um, although I heard that you guys uh, last week with Sylvia talked a little bit about the Tilt acquisition that was going to happen. And it sounds like it did last week it with did. Airbnb. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, so Tilt was acquired by Airbnb. It looks kind of like it was an aqua hire, which means that they really invested in the talent and maintained the local talent that they could bring on board into the Airbnb team. They they actually let go, I think, of some of the offshore talent that they had for Tilt. Um, But for for those of you who didn't catch the show last week, Tilt is a platform for um, making payments. It was micropayments. And it was actually, it got going on college campuses um, where I think people were trying to like, you know, go in on beer and pizza together and it basically competes with Venmo and Square Cash and some of those other peer-to-peer payment platforms here in the United States. I know in other parts of the world, there are other much more efficient and evolved markets for peer-to-peer payments, but we're, we're just getting started here with peer-to-peer payments, especially over mobile. And what I think is interesting about the Tilt acquisition is that now that they've um, acquired Tilt, they acquired ChangeCoin, um, they also made investments in um, a startup called Resi. R-E-S-Y. And all of these are ways for travelers to spend money while they're on vacation. And they are ways to facilitate payment. So it looks like Airbnb is just going to go deeper in bookings uh, and travel and really focus on that with these kind of acquisitions. So it'll be interesting to see if we see some more. I, I expect that, that we would. Um, they Their investors are probably wanting them to quickly dominate the bookings market in travel. So they're going to be snatching up a bunch of good technologies that they could put together to focus on bookings and travel. We'll see what happens. Interesting. Yeah. And it says they, the purchase price was in the 10 to 20 million range, but um, those estimates reflected just one part of the broader deal. The final price was more closer to the 62, $1 million, $62 million that Tilt had previously raised from investors. So they, they raised a serious amount of money. They did. And and those investors are probably not very happy because they basically got their money back. Right. <laughs> so, is that is that what you think the deal was? That they uh they would basically yes. hire the, the team and then they would just pay back the investors? Yes, I think that's probably what happened. That that's very common for these kind of acquisitions mm-hmm. and it's something that especially you have a if you have a lead investor who has a substantial portion, I haven't looked at their at their crunch based profile, but probably that's what what was happening with that acquisition. Right. That's not um, too so bad. So people though. were it, it's it's not too bad, but actually from the investor standpoint, it's it is bad um, because they had all this working capital tied up in in tilt, and then it didn't return anything. Um, it's interesting when you talk to venture capitalists because it's almost like they'd rather have a bigger risk than than have a sure thing that's no risk. So right. it, we'll 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 see wh- whether the tide changed and whether we'll see more. Um, tightening up of investors and how they invest in companies around Airbnb or in travel. It'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see what happens there. But when you invest in a startup, like I've invested in free startups myself. And I mean, nine out of 10 times, 
you know your money is basically gone right mm -hmm. so to yeah. get your to get your money back at least you know i thought that i mean yeah obviously you want to preferably make like 10 20x or something but it's not it's not that bad is it well um when i talk to different types of investors they're looking for different things so for every venture firm For every 10 companies that they invest in, they expect three or four to die. They expect three or four to sort of linger on. And then they hope that one or two will, will basically hit it really big. And they would actually rather have more startups die faster um, than kind of linger on for a long time. Um, and with angel investors, like you're mentioning, which you are, um, angel investors do care about a little bit more about getting a return back. It just has to do with the mentality. Um, and I think angel investors typically have to invest in about 20 deals in order to see one do very well, be just because of the early stage that they're investing in companies in. Right. Um, and I think for angels, like a return, which is like a one X return is not a terrible thing. But I think for VCs, it's actually perceived to be like almost as fat as just losing the money right. altogether. Get it. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting. interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. It depends on the stage that they're investing in and everything, but um, yeah, that that's how it works. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's not a lot of other news. Um, there's one article that you know it's a pretty small article, and uh, I just wanted to mention it because I thought it was an interesting, interesting thought. It's an mm -hmm. article in a, a newspaper. <laughs> it's not a newspaper. I don't know if it's a newspaper. It's a website, I guess. And it's called Bacon's Rebellion, Reinventing Virginia for the 21st Century. I have no idea what this website is about, but they <laughs> have an article. I'm going to look Airbnb. up Bacon's Rebellion right now while we're talking. <laughs> All right. Well, let me tell you what the, uh, what the gist of the article is. Mm -hmm. So everybody knows how around the world, the focus has been very much on creating regulation for, for Airbnb, right? And the hotel lobby always makes a fair point. You know, when they say, okay, we, we have all these rules, you know, we have to comply with all sorts of different rules in order to, to run a hotel. And so it's only fair that, that Airbnb house, you know, Airbnb should be, should be regulated as well to create like a, a level playing field. And, you know, I think that's, that's fair enough. And so the author of this article says, well, instead of creating a whole lot of regulation around Airbnb, you know, maybe we could look at the regulation that's in place for the hotels and see if, you know, some of these regulations might be uh, a little uh, obsolete by now because, you know, a lot of regulations are, have, have been made up a long time ago and the world has changed. And mm -hmm. one point that he makes is, you know, with the rise of platforms like Yelp and And other online venues where you can uh, you can find a lot of uh, reviews from consumers. Uh, it might be the case that you know some regulations that have been put in place to sort of protect the consumer uh, mm -hmm. might actually not be necessary anymore because the consumer is just more so much more capable you know, of finding out information about the hotels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Well. Um Yes, but I would also argue that big companies have probably used those regulations to their advantage to protect themselves against any newcomer, right? Right. So because uh, Bacon's Rebellion um, was an armed rebellion in 1676, where Virginia settlers who were led by Nathaniel Bacon it was uh, rebelled against the rule of Governor William Berkeley. So it sounds like uh, the the website is sort of like anti-regulation. <laughs> 
website, which doesn't surprise me. It's kind of, um, it's, it, it's kind of funny. It is, isn't a, it? it is a good question though, because for every regulation that protects the consumer, like you say, there's probably a, a, another company that's taking advantage of that regulation to actually do things that might not be good for innovation or might not be good for consumers overall. So, um, it's always a question, open question. <laughs> I don't think there's any answer to that. It, it uh, is funny though that, uh, but you know, by looking for news about Airbnb, you come across some pretty interesting news websites sometimes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Th- I didn't see any other, any news either. We were, we actually, when we were preparing for this, we, we looked through a bunch of different sources and aside from sort of the classic, like regulation around home sharing, there wasn't a ton of news about Airbnb. Did you want to talk a little bit about some of your experiences with hosting or, or well, staying? Well, uh, yeah, I prefer not to talk too much. So you know, maybe, oh, okay. <laughs> maybe this is a good opportunity for you to share some of your experiences. Oh, sure. Well, <laughs> I had the pleasure of um, staying in Airbnbs, I think, six times over the last three months. I was traveling a lot for work. And I stayed in a different Airbnb each time. Some were a shared place with um, hosts who live there and some were a place on my own. Um, one was like an apartment right next to another apartment. So somewhere even somewhere in between. Um, and I got to see and really feel the Airbnb experience uh, many times with different situations. And it was, it was really interesting. The last time I stayed, I noticed that Airbnb had done an update to the app so that when you land, they show a little message about um, that you've landed. But then when I dug in a little deeper, like I clicked on a button that said like, oh, learn more or like get your directions, it actually didn't work. So that was sort of a letdown. Um, but I was excited about that. Um, it's actually something that we're focused on with Hostfully because it's it's kind of an overlap in how we, we work and our value proposition works, works with Airbnb. So it was very fascinating to see that. I also was able to stay in different kind of grades of Airbnbs, which was interesting too. Like understand where my you know, quality barometer, I guess, matches with other guests. Um, cause like, for instance, I stayed at this beautiful apartment in Honolulu, right on the edge of Waikiki facing diamond head, which just beautiful views, um, like around the corner views in this apartment. And it was with a couple and they, they were lovely. And I stayed there and I had a, my own bathroom and it was extremely clean. And then I ended up paying the same price for a private place two doors down from that same location. Um, but the stay was so different because the property was like just a little dingy and like the shades didn't work. And it was interesting how like these details really are what makes a great or poor experience. And, um, I find that it's like, it's hard. I think when you live in the place or even when you own a place and you're not living there to like really be able to see that through a guest lens. And I wonder how many hosts have a chance to kind of interview their guests afterwards, not so much to get a good review, but just to understand like what stood out to that guest as being a reason why they would come back or pay what they paid. And that that's kind of, anyway, that, I mean, I'm a little bit thinking about it because of my role as CEO of Hostfully. And that's one of the things we're studying as well. But, um, I, w- I just wondered how many hosts actually did that. Have you done that? Well, you know, that's something that I, that I learned, uh, throughout my hosting journey, actually, you know, the, I remember the first time somebody gave me some feedback about what they loved about my apartment, and it was something that I hadn't thought about. It's the mm-hmm. fact that, uh, you know, my apartment, it used to be two apartments, mm-hmm. but the apartments in Amsterdam are really small. You know, you're talking like 
like 500 square feet, which is probably this, you know, you live in the US, so that's probably the size of your wardrobe. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's it's very small. <laughs> well, I live in San Francisco, so it's a little smaller here, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so the apartments are, are put together, so it's symmetric, symmetrical. Mm-hmm. So the, the bedrooms are ex- exactly the same size mm-hmm. and they're on opposite ends of, of the apartment. And mm-hmm. I never thought about that as, you know, as a way to stand out on Airbnb or as what the advantage of that is until I hosted this group of people and they consisted of two couples. And they told me that they really loved my apartment because, first of all, they didn't have to fight over who got who gets the master bedroom. Yeah, because totally. Because they're both equal. Yeah. And secondly, because the bedrooms are on opposite sides, you have a sense of privacy, right? Mm-hmm. So you travel, you travel with a with another couple, and the bedrooms are right next to each other. Like you might not necessarily want the other couple to hear, you know, mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. is going on in the bedroom. <laughs> so I'm, yeah, I'm, it, I, I can imagine. No, no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. just funny, right? Because like I never thought about that, but that uh, that actually made me change my title to you know perfect couples getaway because I realized, oh, okay, you know what, it. my apartment hasn't has uh, you know an advantage over other apartments for for this particular uh, demographic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I I agree with that completely, and I wish that in the second place I stayed in, which was like kind of dingy, like they could have highlighted the, um, the fact that it was actually perfect for a business traveler. Cause it had everything I needed, but it was also tiny. Like there was like one foot around the bed to walk. And so it should have said like cozy business ready accommodation. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> as opposed That's to a just saying one bedroom apartment. Yeah. Did you suggest that title to the host? I should, and I, I, I should, I should write that back to him. And then I also said, yeah, I think you need to do like a deep cleaning. Cause it was just like a little dirty, <laughs> but right. otherwise the, the sheets were good and everything, just the floors. Yeah. I, I try to be as like upfront as I can with the reviews, but I know sometimes you're busy or you just don't know how to frame the review. So that's, that's a good point though, about like highlighting and the part that differentiates your listing from others. That's a great idea. And you said this was in Hawaii. Yeah, I've been in Hawaii um, because our startup was part of this uh, program called Blue Startups, which is an accelerator program for travel companies. And I was there um, on and off for 14 weeks. So I had a lot of trips to Hawaii. Mm. (laughs) I have great recommendations there. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's a great place to travel. Yeah, it's a wonderful place place to travel for work. Um, It was just a lot of travel. Happy to be home in San Francisco. Yeah, because it's quite a plane ride. Is it five, six hours or something? It's five to six hours, but that part is kind of the least of it. It's more just, it takes a day to travel there, just like it does from here to New York or from where you are to New York, you know, like it just, from Europe to New York, it just takes a day, no matter how you look at it. So it, it just, it eats into your schedule a lot, but, uh, and it's also just at, at a startup, things are moving so fast and they're changing so fast that it's really important to be close to the team. And so we've really prioritized that as a company. It was hard to have people gone for certain parts of that. Hosts, does it feel like you're spending way too much time responding to questions from your Airbnb guests? Is the fear of a possible bad review keeping you up at night? I recently learned about a really helpful service called Aviva IQ. With Aviva IQ, my workload and worries have reduced dramatically. All I had to do was link my Airbnb listings to Aviva IQ, create my messages and schedule delivery times. That's it. I can't believe how easy it was to set up. 
Now I can sit back and relax knowing that my guests receive all the important details on time, every time. Everybody sleeps better. Check them out at www.avivaiq.com. Now that we're talking about startups and travel, have you ever heard of a company called JetSmarter? JetSmarter? Yeah. No. No, I have not. Well, I, I signed up for it. It's basically the Airbnb for private jets. Ooh, I like it. So on Wednesday, I am uh, getting Testing. on a private jet and flying to uh, Paris. Wow. So I've never, I've never flown a private jet, but I'm getting a little older. So, mm -hmm. you know, I need a little bit more comfort. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I could do business class and first class, but it's, you know, it's still like quite a lot of people and I don't know. Yeah, I, think, I feel I like I need something, something more exclusive. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, I, can I ask how much it costs? Uh, the membership is uh, 15000 per year. Okay. And it includes unlimited flights with private jets, basically, when they're available. Wow. 15000 Yeah. So, it's you know, obviously, it's it's a decent chunk of money. But if you think about it, you get to travel on private jets for a year. You know, yeah. That, that's pretty cool. If you're traveling enough, then it's great. Yeah. There's there are other companies out there that are about the same of this one. I can't. We, I, actually, one of them was a client of another company that I worked for, and I cannot remember it right now. But it was very similar. I think it was at that time it was like 2008, 2009, and it was like ten or twelve thousand a year. Same same model, unlimited uh, right. flights. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's well, pretty cool fun. because Take otherwise, yeah. I mean, <laughs> otherwise, I mean, when how do you otherwise get a chance to travel on these on these jets? Never. Never really, yeah. And you it's, do get uh, to go to where you want to go if you if you if you have to take commercial, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> um, well, I, I think especially for you, because like, I mean, how many international flights are you taking per year? I don't Probably. know, a lot. A lot, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's also I was you know I was thinking about it. You know, other than the fact that it's kind of a cool experience, I was also thinking you might, you might meet some interesting people on, on those planes. Yeah. And and the other thing is it's uh, it's much less of a hassle when you get to the airport. Because apparently, like, you're literally, from the time that you arrive at the airport until you're actually flying away, it tends like, to be only like 20, 30 minutes or so. Yeah, it's great. I, I, I flew in a – have you ever flown in a small plane before like that or no? No, no okay. not really, no. I flew in a friend's – dad's plane one time when I was in college for like a one hour flight, he had a plane and he kind of took me from like one airport to the nearby airport so that I could fly home. And, um, it was great. It was like 10 minutes. We basically shut up the runway. You walk in, it's just like a car. You like open the door, get in and check everything, make sure it's good to go and then take right. off. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's like no, a I'm pretty, pretty excited about it. So I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll probably talk a little bit more about the experience, uh, you know, after, after like next week or the week after. Yeah. Well, you think like, it, you know, for 15,000, if you're going to take, you know, 10, 10 international, 10 flights, I mean, then it's definitely worth it. 10 yeah. round trip. Flights. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I just need to make the most of it. Exactly. <laughs> are, are you, um, do you travel like two or three times a month or something or what is your typical? I, 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 it, it really depends. Mm. You know, I, I really don't have a, a fixed schedule, but I think now if I can travel in private jets, I'll probably travel more. <laughs> and then the company will crack down and say, no more unlimited. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's very cool. Yeah. Um, I'm going to talk to my cousin about it. He's actually working for a private jet company in Minneapolis and um, he can fly these kind of planes. So I'm going to ask him if he's heard of it. 
Mm-hmm. Just getting started. Awesome. And you, you said you stayed in six or seven Airbnbs. In the I did. Oh yeah. Is, is there uh, is there something that you you've noticed like something overall that that hosts could do better? Mm, you know, I think that it's all about consistency and responsiveness um, with hosts. So, like one thing is that if you if you say you're going to do something in the list in the description, you have to do it in the in the listing. You know. Um, even when it comes to like basic logistical things, like don't, I had one host who say like, Oh, just text me anytime. Like I can answer questions. And then I did because I had a hard time finding the apartment number, which was like really stupid thing. I don't know why they don't make it more obvious, but, and I texted him and like, I sat there for 15 minutes and I was like, Oh no, this person's not going to text me back. So it's just like, but I would rather he say like, you know, I, uh, I, I'm available typically within these hours and I usually can get back to you within an hour or two just so I did had, had the right expectation when I contacted him. So I think it's just all about, about that consistency. And I, it, it goes out with everything from like how to highlight the differentiating parts of your listing to how you're going to communicate. And also just like how your listing matches up to the description. Like you don't want to oversell. Um, you could definitely make it like describe it in a nice way, but you don't want to make it unrealistic that you can, so that you can't achieve it. You know what I mean? Right. So I think it's all about just it's almost like just meeting expectations is is great and if you exceed them it's amazing but meeting them is the really really important part right so it's like better to under promise and over deliver yes absolutely so about yeah. being accurate yep having a very accurate listing yeah i think it's a really good point um, yeah yeah i uh, i made some adjustments to my listing at some point because it's a bit noisy in my neighborhood mm-hmm. and the thing is like you know when you're when you're being accurate, then you know you you get more you get better reviews basically. Yes, that's right. All right, because yeah. Uh, yeah. you know you might lose a booking or two. Like yep. right now, I mentioned in my listing that's a, it's a bit noisy. So people who uh, you know who have the who are light sleepers or people who mm-hmm. want to sleep late in the morning, it's I, I literally just write on my listing. I write uh, you know maybe if you are like that, then you need to find a different place because you probably yes. won't like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense, I think that's right? really important. Yeah, totally. I think that's so important. Like the last place I stayed in, there was a nightclub right below it and um, it was kind of noisy until like nine or 10 PM. But then after that, it was fine. And it was fine if I'm traveling alone, but if I hadn't, I like that they said that in the listing, because if I had my kids with me or something like that would not have been okay. Right. So I would have been extremely unhappy and given a bad review, but as it worked out, I was better that they would just like be more upfront about the, the limitations of the listing. So I, yeah, I awesome. totally agree with you. Awesome. Well, yeah. it's a good, uh, a good time to, uh, end this uh, episode and, uh, you know, I'll speak to you again in, Three or four weeks, probably, right? Three or four, yeah, exactly. Yeah, looking forward to it, and I hope you recover nicely from Carnival. Yeah, just one more night of sleep, and I'll be okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and thanks to everybody out there for listening. We we continue to get people who have been listening to the podcast come and check us out. Um, so we love hearing from from people um, who are listening to the podcast about questions they have about Hostfully. So if you ever have any questions, feel free to sign up. Um, and when you do sign up, like we see all the signups and you can always reply to anybody on our team if you have questions about Hostfully or what we're working on too. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Marco. And thanks okay. everybody for listening. And uh, until next week. All righty. Thanks, Jasper. Take care. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet.